0: Good morning, queens, and welcome to the Purity After Promiscuity podcast. It's your host, Janelle Renee, and guess what, y'all? We made it. Today is our last episode for the first season of the Purity After Promiscuity podcast, where we are redefining a woman's worth, and my goodness, y'all, I did not know how we was going to get here. So I'm just so excited for today. Today is the season finale and we just going to go in, you know, I'm just going to allow the Holy Spirit to just flow and, you know, we're just going to go in and we're just going to have a good time. We're going to celebrate and, you know, we're just going to just go out with a bang, right? <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so take your seats. Um, thank you, ladies, for joining me. Welcome, welcome, welcome to all my new listeners. Welcome. You guys are so appreciated. We thank you so much for joining us. Thank you um, to all my loyal listeners who continue to rock with me through all 20 episodes for these last, what, three, three and a half months or so. I think I started at the end of June, and here we are, the end of October. So, woo hoo! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Trust me. It couldn't have been nobody but God that brought me here because I didn't even know what I was going to do. I was afraid shaking my boots before I did the first episode y'all. So this is such a a celebratory moment. um, Such a milestone for me because I can't believe it. Like I made it through and I've been going through so many things throughout these last few months. That um, many days, I just wanted to give up many days. I just wanted to throw in the towel many, many days. I just did not have the energy. I didn't have the energy. I just didn't have, you know, I, I didn't even have like the, 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 the wherewithal to get up. And, and do the podcast every week, or you know just sometimes I didn't even have to wear without it do day to day, like sometimes life can just be so heavy um and things can happen, and it can just you know knock the wind out of you, and sometimes it take you a while to recover, right so it's many times that it was oppressed, it's many times that I just really had to really bear down and um get supernatural strength from God to even be um able to come and do the podcast each and every week. So it is has definitely um, been a journey, um, but it's one that was well worth it. It's very rewarding. Um, and I'm just excited um, that we're here, y'all. And so just come on in, take your seat, listen, sit back, get your coffee, your tea, whatever you need, wherever you are, you know, relax. And because we about to just go in on today, you know, it's just no, we, we, we're we just not holding nothing back today, whatever, you know, whatever it is that I feel, you know, is the most important keys that I want to leave you guys with um, as we're ending this season is, is exactly what we're going to do here. Um, because again, there is purpose in this podcast. This is not just for me to get on here and ramble and rant or or just talk about my life and my experience, right? Because we know the Bible tells us that we overcome by the blood of the lamb, but, uh, and and by the word of thy testimony, right? God gives us testimony for a purpose. Our testimony, when we go through trial, tribulation, and when we even when we go through the moments of celebration and rejoicing, and you know, we re, we receive the blessing and the answer prayer, all of it, right? Even I mean, I'm talking about the bad, the good, the ugly, it all because the Bible tells us in Romans 8 28 that all things work together for the good of those that love God and who are called according to his purposes. So all of it is supposed to be a part of the equipping of the testimony God is creating through us as he's continuing being the author of our faith, right? The Bible says that God is the, that he is the author and the finisher of our faith. So as he's writing our journey, our story, every part of it is important. But oftentimes we think that the only important parts are the celebratory parts. We think the only important parts are the parts where we get to rejoice. We get to testify of the goodness of God. We got a praise report of the answered prayers of, you know, the ways God made the miracles, the wonders, exactly like just amazing things that God will do for us. Right. But it's not just those things God wants us to celebrate because then we begin to have this skewed. False perception of what this journey with Christ is. And it's not all cookie cakes and pies. How many of you know, um, uh, those of you that are Christians, uh, how many of you know that in this journey, Jesus told us from the beginning that we will experience trial and tribulation. We will experience persecution because and they will hate us because they hated him first. But I don't know if we really believe that because a part of us want to believe that because we are Christians or because we have received Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. Does that, that mean we get an exemption from hardship? And it's not true. Sometimes the fact that you became a Christian actually qualifies you to go through hardship right because that's how God begins to set the stage so he can be glorified so that all shall see that he is Lord because we already know that every knee will bow every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord but that's going to be in the day of the Lord today today is the day so today is the day that we got to continue to celebrate and we got to continue to lift up the name of Jesus. We got to continue to glorify God with every part of our journey, even the part that is, un, you know, that that we don't really um, that we don't like so much. Even the hard parts, the difficult parts, the challenging parts, the embarrassing parts, because guess what? There's someone else who's gone through that there's someone else who may be going through that there's someone else who might be about to go through that and can use your wisdom and they can be saved right so again it's hard because i know for me i had a very hard time reconciling in my mind that all of the terrible horrible things that i went through in my life from the time i was a young girl even to today that those things could in any way be valuable right because here on on the podcast, one of the things that we're, we're, we're uh, very intentional about is redefining our worth as women. Because so many times there are so many uh, outside um, factors and variables that will weigh in on how we define our worth. And oftentimes, like for me, I can say... It was it's been negative things. It's been trauma. It's been molestation. It's been abuse. It's been rejection. It's been abandonment. Right. It's been all of these um, horrible things that that really defined my worth for me. And so I always had a had the perception in my mind that I wasn't worthy because if I'm worthy, why, why am I going through all this? Right? Why, why are these, these difficult things, you know, continue to be in my path? Why, why did I have to be so depressed at, at such a young age that I wanted to take my life I felt so worthless right I felt so worthless I felt so so like unseen so invisible like I didn't matter because of the things that I had gone through could you imagine imagine by the age of 12 you you experienced so many traumatic things that you just decide you 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 don't even want to live like you haven't lived yet (laughs) you haven't lived at 12 yet you know you you're just not even scratching the surface of life but yet your life has been so ridiculed, so so filled with uh, just negative experiences that y- you decide in your mind that life is not worth living, and to have that as my reality, right? To to be to be molested by a family member who you thought loved you. And then now your perception of love is so perverted and, and, and it's, and it's so now has been twisted and it it's become so toxic and dysfunctional because I equate now for so long, I've equated love with abuse because the people who love me more often than not abused me in some way. You know what I mean? Like, could you imagine going to your mother, telling her that someone in the household has touched you inappropriately and you thinking she's going to save you you're thinking she's going to protect you but then she don't do anything she choose to believe that person over you and something in you dies can you imagine so for me it's like what part of that could actually be valuable Could you imagine because you were born into a family where you didn't know at that time, you know now that the stronghold or the the generational curses or ancient spirits in my bloodline happens to be perversion and lust. So, sexual sin is so prevalent in my bloodline, and perversion is so prevalent in my bloodline, whether it's incest, whether it's homosexuality, bisexuality, whether it's infidelity, cheating, you promiscuity, you know, uh, pedophilia, whatever it is, like it's in my bloodline. Like, facts is facts. It is what it is. It's there. And I was a product of it because incest happened to me molestation happened to me right and so then the 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 pattern the cycle continued and then next thing you know now not only am I open at a young age, this door has been opened, this monster has now been re- released, and I have no idea what it is, don't know what to do with it, don't know why it's here, but now it has an appetite, and it's telling me that I need to touch myself, and next thing you know, we stumble across pornography, and then boom, that just really blew the door wide open, now I'm addicted to pornography, and I'm addicted to masturbation, and now I'm only a teenager. I wasn't even a teenager really when it started, but by the time I became like 13 or I would say 14, 15, somewhere in there, by the time those ages hit, I was like addicted, period, point blank. I'm all addicted. I know some of us have seen that, um, that, that movie addicted, like, yeah, I was addicted. Not even just to sex. That's the weird thing. I wasn't addicted to sex. I was addicted to self pleasure. I was addicted to masturbation, pleasing myself, and I was addicted to pornography because that was the stimulant that I needed in order to help me to, you know, achieve that that release that I was always looking for. Right. So I'm young. I don't really even know what sex is. I don't know how to even utilize my body. I don't really know anything about uh, none of this. All I know is this is what I'm doing, right? Can you imagine what part of that can be valuable? And then it opened the door for promiscuity because I I never associated sex with value or sex with intimacy or sex with love because how, how could it? Because the person who loved me they violated me and they molested me. That was my teaching of sex. And because my mother, my father, no one ever sat me down and had a conversation about sex, about my body, about, you know, what sex means, what it's for, why it's not um, good to have it before marriage, why it's good to wait until marriage, you know, any of those things, you know, like no one sat and talked to me about anything. So, so my teachings about sex was porn and molestation and incest. Those are my teachers so that just opened the door so next thing you know i don't sex to me was nothing it was just sex like i could literally have sex with a guy and be looking at him like okay bro what's up where you what you about to do you know like because i didn't like because there was nothing there like and sometimes you know i would be with a guy and we were in a relationship and i would like him and then sometimes we would have sex and i would even like him no more you know so it was just like I was so this, my mindset was just so toxic because that's all I knew. So in my mind, my past, my history is so tainted. It it is just, it is so, you know, filled with dysfunction. It is so negative. It is so embarrassing. Like I lived a life trying to hide my history and my past for so long. Like I tried my best to hide it. I tried my best to not let nobody know, especially a guy come on now, sis, come on, we know the worst thing for someone who has been, prom- for a woman, I should say, who's been prom- promiscuous is when you meet a new guy, you really like him. He's fine. You know, he's checking off all the boxes. You really want to see where this can go. But in the back of your mind, you're dreading the one question that you know, he may ask you. And that is how many guys have you been with? what like i would just pray not even pray because i wouldn't pray in them probably but i would just hope that he won't even ask me because off top i'm lying (laughs) period off top i'm lying because there was no way that i could especially in our culture our society we know how women are talked about their how they're degraded what people think about them we know the you know um the reputation that certain type of women have. We know what they're called. We know people want to, you know, say they're a hoe, they're a whore, you know, um, they're a slut, a tramp, whatever. You know, I grew up in the 90s. You know, I'm an 80s baby. So that those are the terms. We wasn't really calling people thoughts and ratchet and all that stuff. You know, they were just a tramp, a slut, you know, a whore, whatever. And so the last thing you want to be looked at as is that. Because deep down in your heart, you know you're not that, but you don't, you don't understand how to not be that right because that's kind of all you know especially when you grow up and that's what you see so for me it's like what part of that can be valuable right oh now let's fast forward you know then I get an adult I get pregnant for the first time have my son but then boom I got pregnant right after he he was like some months oh no we're not doing that and because of the girls that I was hanging with at the time an abortion was just like, it's terrible to say now, but it was like nothing. Abortion was like a normal, regular occurrence. Like there was nothing for somebody that I had was hanging around at that moment to have multiple abortions. You know what I'm saying? That was normal. That was really what exposed me to abortion. I had never really knew anything about abortion, to be honest. Um, and I'm in my (laughs) twenties, but early twenties, but because of the, the women I was hanging around and when I got pregnant again, you know, and I'm really didn't want it, you know, and all that stuff because my baby was already young. I'm, I'm young mother. You know, I don't even, I knew I couldn't really handle two kids or I was assuming I couldn't. So when the conversations start coming up and they started being like, girl, you better go get an abortion. You better go to this clinic. This is the clinic we go to. Blah, 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 blah. This is what you got to do, you know, and you'll be, it ain't going to, of course you I'm asking questions because that's how I am. You tell me something, I my whole mind gets to go and wants to know all the particulars. So I'm asking questions and they answer me and it's so downplayed like it's nothing. It was like treated like it was nothing. Like it was just like, you know, going to the bank. You know what I'm saying? It was just like, it was just so downplayed. And so I was like, oh, sweet. Okay. And then boom, next thing you know, five abortions later. What part of that could be valuable? right so it's like all of these things that has happened in my history in my experience and that to me shaped my worth. it told me i wasn't worthy when i went to school to be a surgical tech and got all the way to three classes left and had to take the cre and i was good and i'm not saying that to toot my own horn it's the truth i was told i was good by so many people by my director they all told me I worked as a natural and I loved it. And so it was something I really wanted to do. I excelled at it. And when it came to take our clinic, clinical um, readiness exam, I'm three classes away from graduation. I felt that exam five times. I took it five times. So much so that my director pulls me to the side and say, Janelle, what's wrong? She just flat out asked me that. What's wrong? Because I know you. And you're, you work like a natural and I know, you know what you're doing. She said, and I'm having people who I know don't know what they're doing past this exam. What's wrong? I felt so like a failure in that moment. I almost hated myself. I felt like something was wrong with me that I was so messed up that I like, that literally broke me for years it took me years and years to get over that I felt like so just worthless like just so incomplete just so like like I had nothing to give nothing to offer like nothing about me was good like I was so stupid like I was just so something was wrong something was lacking in me that meant I wasn't worthy You know, and then being in, you know, romantic relationships and being cheated on constantly. You know, you have people coming up to you or people will come up to me and tell me how beautiful I am. You know, I remember a modeling agency. Um, They stopped me Um, before. Like I wasn't even trying to like sign up. And they, they approached me and was just asking me like, hey, you are so beautiful. Your face, your face structure. Can you, we would like to have you, you know, come and do a um, casting call and this and that. And I was just so, so full of low self-esteem that I wouldn't dare consider it. I wouldn't dare consent. Like they would call me all the time and tell me where little like casting and call stuff was, auditions was. I would never go. It got to the point where I would just ignore them altogether and to the point they just, you know, start reaching out, but they reached out to me for a long time. And because even though on the outside there may have been physical attraction there, I felt so ugly inside. I felt so unworthy inside, so unattractive inside that I couldn't dare believe that I was actually attractive on the outside because see you see the outside but I know my inside I I'm look I'm more focused at my inside than I am my outside and I knew my inside was in shambles it was broken I knew the things that happened to me I knew the things that I was going through right I knew all of that so for me I couldn't even fathom the thought that anything about me could be beautiful because my I allowed my circumstance my history my experience to define my worth so here we are, and here I am today, now knowing that those things don't define me. But it took me to get to this place. It took me to go through uh, almost two years of counseling. It took me to really get serious about my relationship with God and really get into the Bible to see what he says. It took me to really get intentional about who I have around me. It took me really to get intentional about, you know, to really change not just my mindset, but sometimes changing some of the physical things that I surrounded myself with or I allowed to pour into me in order for me to get to a place where I could consider that maybe I am worthy. And that's not easy. It's not easy when you have thing after thing after thing after thing that you feel takes away from your values. You feel as it takes away from your worth right when you constantly are experiencing something some type of difficulty when you're constantly being disappointed betrayed let down you know when you're constantly seeing you know all the all the failure you experiencing all the disappointment you're going through the sicknesses you don't know how many sicknesses I've had since the, since the time I've been on this earth like just just crazy I had a whole aneurysm at 17 years old real life real talk I have receipts for anything that I've I say, I'm not on here just trying to make myself look good or have some, you know, just trying to, you know, exaggerate my story. This is real. I have people that can corroborate it. I have facts. I have paperwork. I have documents of some of these things. It's true. I had an aneurysm at 17 years old. It was bleeding on my brain and it bled on my ocular nerve and my left eye wouldn't move. I had to wear a whole patch. People would be calling me pirate left eye, all kind of stuff. Like you can't, I'm not, I cannot even make this stuff up. You know what I mean? Like so many things that I experienced. I didn't almost die several times. literally. Literally literally like people say oh I had a near-death experience and it's kind of like a little taken out of out of context but no I was in 2019 on an operating table to get us back a back implant because of the car accident I was in in 2018 and they didn't even get an opportunity to even make the first cut because before they could do anything I had anaphylactic shot the worst case they ever saw and I was dying I had no pulse I had uh and I had no pulse and I was not breathing. My heart rate was going, was under 50. Anybody with any type of medical, um, ex, me, any type of medical, um, education or experience would know that when your when your heart rate is going under 50, like you're going down, like you're dying. Like, and so literally like I, that, that happened to me, the worst case, of anaphylactic shock, they said they ever saw, you know? And so it's like, I didn't all of these things, right? And it just, it just made me feel like something must be wrong with me. Something must be wrong with me. Because why is all these things happening to me? I can't be worthy. I can't be lovable. I can't be pretty enough, right? Because every time a man tell me they love me, you love me. I'm I'm like, you're so in love with me. You know, you want to be with me. You know, all of these things you tell me, but then you go hurt me because you cheat on me. You cheat on me, not just once you cheat on me multiple times. And then you come back and you tell me it wasn't about me, bro. How is it not about me? You make me understand that part. Like how in God's green earth, am I really supposed to believe that you cheated multiple times? You feeling like you got to go out and get from multiple women, the thing that you can get from home that you choose to go get somewhere else. And it's not me. Bruh, no, that don't read. So, you know, again, to me, that was defining my worth. I can't be worthy. Right? Knowing my sexual history, knowing I just slept with women, knowing I just slept with multiple men, like, and then now sitting here wanting to be abstinent, right? Wanting to be abstinent, wanting to live an abstinent lifestyle, living an abstinent lifestyle. It'll be three years next month that I've been abstinent not pure abstinence, because I've not been pure. Because in that time, I was at a point in time still struggling with pornography and masturbation. And um, thank God that I'm delivered today. But it was a it was so difficult because I had been masturbating and watching porn for three decades. So it was like, it was not easy to, to overcome that. So even though I was abstinent and I was not having sexual intercourse with anyone, I was still doing, the, I was still getting my release from what I knew any, what I wanted to do anyway. I liked it to masturbate more than I liked it to have sex anyway. So it really didn't bother me not to have sex. It wasn't hard not to have sex, if I'm honest. It was hard not to masturbate. It was hard not to watch porn. That one was hard for me. Not having sex because I never really enjoyed sex anyway, because my experience with sex and my first teaching of sex was so um, toxic and it was so dysfunctional and it was so unhealthy that for me, sex was never really that enjoyable. It was all right. But so it wasn't difficult for me to not have sex because sex wasn't my issue. I had sex the majority of the time I had sex with the people I had sex with. It's just because. Or because I just was like, okay, that's just what you do. Cause that's what I was, you know, that's what, you know, the, the subconscious teaching was for me growing up that everybody was having sex. That's just what you do in life. You have sex. You don't have to like a person to have sex. You don't have to care about a person. You don't have to see them again. You can have sex and just be like, bye, gone. Like that's all I needed. That's all I wanted. Goodbye. So for me sex. It was just sex. It was like, okay. And I didn't enjoy it half of the time. So it really was like, uh, okay, whatever. And so it was never, it was never any real second thought for me when I was out there living a lifestyle of promiscuity, because I didn't know anything different. I had no different, I had nothing to compare it to. Like I had no different teaching. You know, I had not heard anything telling me I shouldn't have sex. I never had anything tell me, you know, why, or about soul ties, you know, or about how you're defiling your own temple, your body, how you're disconnecting yourself from God, you know, all of these things. I didn't, I really ain't even had nobody tell say nothing too much about STDs or pregnancy outside of school, health class. Like, no, I didn't, nothing was being told to me any differently. Sex was not only everything that I saw, it was what I heard. It was co- what I was around. It was sex, sex, sex. So for me, it was like, oh, this is just normal. I never thought in my mind, I just want to be prom- prom- promiscuous. Like, that wasn't a thought. I never thought in my mind that, oh, I just want to have sex with multiple people. That was never a thought. It never crossed my mind. It was, I was doing what I saw, I was a product of my environment. So now here I am trying to really believe in my mind and in my heart that I am worthy, despite all that, despite all that. And I don't know if you're like me where it's like, okay, maybe your start wasn't the best like myself. Maybe you really had some some difficulties. Maybe you made some bad decisions. Maybe you were in like some kind of, you know, wayward lifestyle. Maybe maybe you were, you know, in in some kind of, you know, Perverted lifestyle. Maybe, maybe you just you know kind of did some things right, and and that and you're not proud of them. And maybe you had an encounter with Christ. Maybe you decided to start going to church. Maybe you got around the right people who started to you know plant the seed that, not, sweetheart, you don't got to do that, sweetheart. You're better than that. You don't need to, you know. You don't have to, you know, get a man with your body. You don't have to give a man your body to, to for him to like you or love you, right? Because that was the other thing I was taught. When you like a boy and you want him to like you back, you have sex with them. Like, that's what the, the teaching was for me. So that's what I did. But maybe you'll start with similar to mine. And, and now you here on the other side or trying to go to the other side where you want to be pure, you want to be abstinent, and, and, and you're battling with yourself. And sometimes it sees from the enemy, but there's a battle. There's an internal battle going on inside of you, let alone what maybe people might want to say about you, but it's what you're saying about yourself. You're telling yourself you're not worthy. You're telling yourself no man going to want you. You're telling yourself you're used goods. You're telling yourself, oh, you can't change. You're telling yourself, you know, you're unworthy. You're telling yourself these things. You're telling yourself that you don't matter. You're telling yourself God can't even love you, right? Because you're so much, you're too messed up. You're too much of a mess. And not even God would want to, you know, want to want somebody like you. Sis, that's not true. That's not true and see it's so easy for somebody who's not had that experience to get up and talk about oh being abstinence and being pure or oh how they waited or oh how they met their husband and this and this and it happened for them and you know and they don't maybe have that history right maybe they were a virgin or maybe they just only slept with one person you know maybe they didn't you know have that same experience and you see they're happily ever after you see you know what looks like their blessing and you think to yourself oh I could never have that you you automatically disqualify yourself because you feel like oh well of course she should get the good the good thing of course she should get the husband of course she should get the man who adores her and love her of course you think you 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 say I know I do to myself of course like it's not shocking because she she deserve it because she's a virgin or because she she been keeping herself she only only slept with one or two people in her whole life you know and you begin to you know you begin to say well she she was qualified for that thing. She was qualified for, for the blessing. She was qualified to have the man pursue her, to choose her, to pursue her, to love her, to marry her. Oh, she was qualified. Ah, eh, I'm not qualified for that. Why? Because I'm, my past too dirty. So what did I do? I continued to go and allow myself to get in relationships with men who were who I knew would accept me, basically. So I would settle for a man that I knew would accept me, even though I knew he was not the type of man I really wanted to be with. Or even though I knew, you know, that he was not the type of man that really could love me, that he was not the type of man who could cherish me, right? Because I'm settling for whatever I can get. Because what do we tell ourselves sometimes? At least I got somebody, at least I ain't lonely, you know, so I lived in my last almost four year relationship. I just wanted to be in a relationship just for the, just for the fact to say that I'm in a relationship that somebody chose me that validated me, that validated my insecurity to feel like at least somebody say they love me. At least somebody say they, that, you know, want to be with me. At least somebody is willing to marry me. At least somebody, right? But this guy, <laughs> you know, and that's just, y'all, if you want to hear about him more, listen to the other episodes because it ain't about him. But what I will say is me having that mindset and me settling for just anybody who would give me time and attention, who would choose me, who, who would get in a relationship with me, it cost me so much. It damaged me so much. It nearly destroyed me. It's taken me some years now Going on two years to try to get myself from being entangled in this entanglement I was in, right? And so, but I would have, honestly, if God wouldn't have pulled me out, I would have stayed. You want to know why? Because I still didn't believe I was worthy. Because I still didn't believe that anybody, any man better than him would want me. I still didn't believe that I was pretty enough. I still didn't believe that I was sexy enough. I still didn't believe any man could want to handle the weight that came with me, with my history, right? I didn't believe a man could accept me for me, who could love me for me. And I figured, eh, I'd rather take this toxic love over here than to have no love at all. Because again, I let my, I let my circumstances and my experience define my worth. So because this podcast is called purity after promiscuity, redefining a woman's worth. I want to speak to my, for, to my sisters who have a similar uh, story like me. You may be, you may used to be promiscuous. Maybe you were a prostitute in real life. Cause I didn't notice. I guess I was naive that there are really still women and even some men who actually prostitute themselves, like really get paid for sex you know, maybe that's you. I didn't know. I mean, I do know because I had some friends and I actually had some friends who've been saved and converted who used to be strippers. Um, maybe that's you. Uh, maybe you used to just live in a lesbian lifestyle. Maybe that's you, whatever it is, whatever it is that you feel that has, that has tainted you so much. So that that means that you are unlovable. That you are unworthy. That that you would never have nobody to truly accept you for you and love you for you. Sis, I want to talk to you today. This is for you, girl. This is for us. To say, God already knew what we were going to do. Before we even got formed in our mother's womb, he knew us. And he still chose to die on the cross for you. Period. Period with flaws and all with the bad reputation and all with the history of promiscuity and all with whatever it is whatever the baggage is he knew it was going to be there and he still said I love you so much I'm gonna die for you so you don't have to live in that shame so you don't have to have that condemnation so you can be reconciled back to the father and be in right standing so you can have eternal life with the father so you don't have to be a slave to sin So you can overcome. So I want to talk to you today and say, sis, you are worthy. You was worthy then, you're worthy now. You're not worthy because of what your history says about you. You're worthy because of what God says about you. We have to really be intentional to change our mindset about what we think about ourselves. We can't change what other people think, but you can change what you think. You have to get intentional about rewiring your mind of how you talk about yourself, of how you think about yourself how you treat yourself sometimes we abuse ourselves sometimes we we literally drink too much we smoke too much we get we indulge in all different types of vices and 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 drugs or you know um chemical substances whatever it could be to do, and we're really literally destroying our own bodies some of us are just we're, we're so we're hurting inside and we're we're so broken that we we literally want to abuse our own bodies because we just feel like all we deserve is abuse but I'm here to set you free, sis. No. Don't let the enemy use you. Don't let him fool you. Your worth was never tied to who you are and who you are not. Your worth is tied to who God says you, who you are. Period. Whatever the world says you are, whatever your experience says you are, means nothing. It holds no weight. It, it doesn't. The, the only opinion that matters is God's and yours. Because how you think about yourself is how you're going to treat yourself. How you think about yourself is how you're going to interact with your Heavenly Father. And He wants you to know that He loves you so much that He sent me with all my mess. When just a couple days ago, I told him he was on a blacklist list. And I wasn't talking to him because I was so hurt. I was so discouraged. I was feeling so downtrodden. Things were just ha- being so heavy. I just was, I just wanted to give up. I was like beyond weary. I was at my breaking point, and I was frustrated, and I was tired because I'm, I'm like God, I'm, I'm trying to do everything, I'm change, I'm doing everything that I feel you're, you're leading me to do and telling me to do, but yet and still I keep running into thing after thing, and I don't understand it, and it's wearing me down, and it's discouraging me, and I'm getting hopeless, and I don't understand why you would even allow me to continue to go through this. Where are you? And then here, here, here we go, here we go. Then the enemy starts sowing those seeds into my mind again because now I'm giving him a, a, a access. Because I'm already weary, I'm already speaking negativity. And the next thing you know, it's because you're not because lo- God don't love you. He don't care about you. If he cared about you, then why you why he ain't answering your prayers? Where he at? You know. So then those thoughts start coming back in, right? So I let I, to be honest, I entertained those thoughts for about two, three days. I didn't listen. This was a rough week for me. I was ready to throw in the towel. I had thrown it in. threw it in the towel. I was done. I probably wasn't going to do the podcast. I I, I just was done. I was like, I just can't do this anymore. Because sometimes life takes you there. But the great thing about it is when you have a relationship with God, it's a real relationship. Like it's not a lot of people make a thing like it's this fake cookie cakes and pies, like because you're in a relationship with God, you always feel like talking to God, or you always, you know, happy with God, or you're, you're never upset, you know, like you never, you know, have any feelings, you know, of hurt or let down or disappointment. Like it's just always, oh, I just, every day I got, I feel like I, every day I worship, every day I pray, every day I praise. Oh, oh, oh. It's like, that's not realistic. Not if you got a real relationship, because you don't even have that type of relationship with your spouse. Like, because in a relationship, you can love someone and not like them. You can love someone and not want to talk to them. You can love someone and and not and 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 don't want to you know hear from them. You can love somebody and and feel away and be in your feelings, right? You because you're human and you have feelings. And so for me, it's like I was telling God how I felt in that moment because that's how I felt, because we have a real relationship. And see, God can appreciate when you can be honest with him. Because guess what? public service announcement he know anyway we we don't do anybody a we do a disservice to ourselves when we sit up here and act like we got it all together or we act like we we're not hurt or we act like god we don't feel disappointed or we don't feel looked over or we don't feel left out or we don't think it's unfair we're doing ourselves a disservice because god already know that's what we're feeling and thinking in our mind he said he know the thoughts of man so i mean this week was just like a very very difficult week for me and I you know I I was you know in my feelings and I felt the way and even though I was not going to be disrespectful in any stretch of the imagination but I was going to be honest and I was going to acknowledge my feelings in that moment and those were my feelings that's how I felt it was real for me in that moment so that's how we got to start being with God. If we really want him to help us to change, to be transformed, if he, we really want him to transform our mind and to really get us to see ourselves as he sees us, because he sees you as beautiful. It don't matter what you've done. When he created his creation and he said it was very good, you're very good regardless of what you've done. When he said you're fearfully and wonderfully made, you're fearfully and wonderfully made regardless of what you've gone through. Those things don't change. When he say you're the apple of his eye, you the apple of his eye. It don't matter what your circumstance say. But it's hard for us to believe that because we've been so conditioned and we've practiced so long in our mind, these unhealthy mindsets and behaviors and thoughts even towards ourselves. And you can come over to the other side. Just because you used to be promiscu- promiscuous don't mean you got to stay there. Just because you used to be in in a, some kind of different lifestyle don't mean you got to stay there. Just because you used to, whatever it is, fill in the blank for you, I don't know. But for me, I used to be promisc- promiscuous. I used to you know, be, I don't even know if it's a such thing as bisexual. But I really wasn't that because I did not like women. I just wanted... To have that self that gratification, that release. Cause I didn't really want to touch another woman. Like I just didn't. I just felt it was a little black on the, you know what I'm saying? I went into that. But at the end of the day, I used to be attracted to women enough to to the point where it was an un, it was an unnatural attraction and it was a physical attraction. And I wanted a woman to perform sexual acts on me. But I don't have to stay there. God is able. God is able even if you did used to be you know a prostitute it don't matter no matter what it is god is able you don't have to stay there it don't matter you had sex with hundreds of men if you decide today that you want to be abstinent and that you no longer want to give your body away you can do that it is not over for you the way you start is not the way you have to finish It is possible. I done been abstinent for three years. Everybody's situation different. It can be a little more challenging for somebody else and less challenging. We're all different. However, it is still possible. Whether you need to change your environment, whether you need to get out of the relationship you may be in, whether you need to get into counseling, get into therapy, you know, get into some small group, get accountability partners, you know, whatever it is you need to do it's god is able you don't have to stay there so what if you've been promiscuous so what you have four or five kids by four or five different baby daddies do you know how many women that i have heard and know of that has been got a man who loved them married them love all their kids don't let the devil lie to you and don't let society lie to you whoever God has for you will love you and they will handle the weight of what comes with you they will be able to cover you and your history they'll be able to cover you and your shortcomings they'll be able to cover you and your past it does not matter and even if no man ever comes in your life God already covered it Jesus already covers you. He already loves you. He already paid the price for you. He already sacrificed for you. So if no man ever does, Jesus already did it. So whatever we're seeking to be validated, to make us feel worthy, whether we think we got to look a certain way, we got to have a certain type of, you know, style, maybe we got to have keep our hair and makeup a certain way. Maybe we got to get fake booties and breasts and fake eyelashes and nails, whatever it is that we think we need to feel worthy. No, because if you strip all that all those things away, who are you? Are you still worthy? So don't put your worth in superficial things. Don't even put it in success or or money because those things can fade away. They can be taken away. Who are you at the core? You have to know you're worthy even if you have nothing because circumstances, material things, success, accolades, platforms, influence, positions, whatever it may be, Do not define your worth because once all those things be taken away, are you still worthy? And I want to leave you with that today, sis. You are still worthy. Even if you was promiscuous, even if you wasn't promiscuous, even if you feel like life just has dealt you a bad hand. No matter what it is, you're worthy. Those things don't define you. And trying to find your worth in things outside of you. is not going to work. That's temporary. You have to believe you're worthy. You have to know you're worthy. And you have to know it's not over. I don't care what you've done. I don't care if you feel you've done the worst thing in the world. There is nothing. The Bible says that God's love covers a multitude of sins. It don't say particular sins. It just says a multitude. So whatever your sin is, whatever you think that bad thing is, whatever your history is, whatever your experience is, whatever your trauma is, God is able. Says, I'm talking to you, you right there, you. He's able and he loves you just like you are. And you can change. You can be the woman you want to be. You can be a woman of God. You can be abstinent. You can be a wife. Whatever it is you desire in your heart and you think you're disqualified because of your past, sis, you're not disqualified. Believe it, receive it, know it, meditate over it, speak over it, speak it over yourself. Write it down on a sticky note, put it on your mirror, put it in the bathroom, put it everywhere you go. So everywhere you walk, you're reminded you are worthy. You are loved. That is what the whole premise of this podcast is about is to redefine our worth and let us stop putting our worth in things that are superficial and temporal. We have to put our our, our worth and our faith in what's eternal would what a never end. What does God say about you? He says you're blessed. You're beautifully and wonderfully made. Head and not the tail. Above and not beneath. Blessed in the city. Blessed in the field. The apple of his high. His royal, his, his holy possession. His children. You have the spirit of adoption. If you are saved, if you're not saved, you can be saved. And you too will be grafted in. You too will now be a part of the membership of the kingdom of heaven. We all have been adopted. by. We're saved by grace through faith. And so it's the grace of God. It's the free gift of salvation. But even if you're not saved, you're still worthy. You're still blessed because you're still a creation of the most high God, no matter what. And so I just want to leave you all with that today. I thank you all for joining in. Thank you all for just rocking with me this whole season. It has been a blessing to me. I hope it's been a blessing and an encouragement to you. I appreciate each and every one of you. And I just hope that um, you guys will continue to work on yourselves, continue to do the work, continue to to to, to just continue continue to, you know, um, evolve and to grow, continue to do whatever it takes to, to grab and lay hold of your value and your worth and know that you're worthy. Don't just say it. You have to believe that thing. As much as you believe that you're up and alive today, you need to believe that you're worthy. You need to believe that you're a queen. You're, you need to believe that you are loved. You're lovable. No matter what, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what the circumstance say, No matter what the doctor report say no matter what may be going on no matter whatever the sickness may be no matter whatever the difficulty may be no matter whatever the financial crisis may be it does not matter you're worthy you're loved don't let nobody ever lie to you and don't you lie to yourself and tell yourself that you're not loved because then you're making God a liar because he says you are and I want to leave us with that we're loved, we're we're wonderfully and beautifully made, and we can get to the other side. We don't have to stay where we are. We can always get to the other side. It's not over until it's over. You have breath. You're alive. Today is the day. If you just need, if you're just hearing this for the first time, you can start today. It's not over. Yes, queens. <sighs> yeah, 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 yeah. Today's episode doesn't really have a name. It's just a season finale. Going out with a bang. Want to encourage you all. Want to continue to just really just. Um, hone in and just uh secure in our minds that we are worthy we can still redefine our worth regardless of what our history is our past our background our culture our experience it doesn't matter we can still redefine our worth we don't have to stay there we are not who we used to be our past does not define us and so i just want to encourage somebody today as i encourage myself to continue to keep going don't give up. I know it's not easy. I know you feel like you keep being knocked down. I know you feel like the odds are against you. But keep going moment by moment, day by day, one step at a time. Don't give up. Keep going. Because you will see it. You will you will experience it. It will happen as long as you don't give up. And I'm and I'm saying that because I know I felt like giving up this week and i didn't really have anybody um you know to 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 speak into me to 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 really you know minister to me in my moment of weakness in my moment of weariness and i i was here you know and i was struggling I was really struggling, y'all. And so I just want to say I'm your accountability partner. I'm here. I'm like your coach. I'm I'm like, you know, just in, in the corner while you in the ring. And I'm like, no, hit him there. You know, do that. You know, do do a combo, a two-piece uppercut. You know, you got you got a bob and weave. You got to sit back, you know, get get some body shots, whatever you gotta do. But you can win. You can win. And so I'm just excited for what I know, um, just what's going to happen, just what God is going to do, how he's going to just continue to bless you all. Um, I continue to pray for y'all. And I just pray that this podcast added value to your life, that it blessed you in some way, that it helped you in some way, that it leaves something impactful, that a seed was sown that will produce a harvest, some 30, 60, and 100 fold, that you won't get um, weary and well-doing, that you won't give up, that you will begin to believe that you are, are worthy that you are loved that you don't have to stay where you are that you can change it is a choice change is a choice it does not just happen it's not happenstance it is a choice we have to choose it and then we have to take action and so i encourage you whatever that is for you take action sis if you want to see the results if you want to see the manifestation of change just speaking it just all that you know what they speak that manifestation stuff that's i don't know about that but what i do know is faith without works is dead So you have to put some action behind what you're believing, and then you shall see the glory of God. So I just want to leave you all with that, queen. You are queen. You are worthy. It is not over. There is still time. You can still get it. Do it. Whatever it is, whatever that dream is, you put down, pick it back up. Whatever that purpose is, whatever that assignment is, whatever it is, you can pick it back up and you can keep going. It doesn't matter. You are worthy, sis. And everything god has for you you will have but you have to you have to be a willing participant so i just thank you all for joining me um for this season this is the end of season one you guys um feel free to reach out to me um on social media at, on instagram at janelle renee underscore one you can always hit me up on my email at purity after promiscuity at gmail.com if you guys want to talk connect or you need prayer um, you need advice you need an accountability partner if you need a friend I'm here I'm available for you even though I'm gonna be taking some time off um, for a while until we get prepared for season two um, I'm still available reach out to me and I just want to leave you with this just know your past does not define you it develops you and you are worthy